All right, what is up, everybody? Isaac here with Civil Engineering Academy coming at you with another sweet episode of our podcast. Excited to be with you today. Uh, today, I'm actually going to talk uh, about a topic that comes up quite frequently. If you do any search online, you'll see this come up quite a bit, and that is the expectations of civil engineers versus the reality of getting into uh, the civil engineering world, the civil engineering career. And so I wanted to talk about a few um, you know, bullet points on those topics. I actually bring my brother uh, Mark on. So let me bring Mark on here. Hey, Mark, hey what's guys. going on? How are we so doing? we're going to talk about some of the expectations versus the realities. I'm repping the Utah Jazz hat today because they, they broke nice. the record on threes. Nice. You got you got you got to they got to they got to take the out. title this year, don't they? It's got to happen. <laughs> I'm still burned by Jordan in 90 97 98. So yeah. <laughs> this is the year. It's going to happen. The year. We hope so. Well, um Mark, thanks for joining me. This is going to be a fun episode. Let's talk about some realities versus expectations. Or I guess we should re reverse that expectations versus realities. Um I just highlighted a few key key things and Maybe we can talk about these together yeah. um, because we're both in this world in different, slightly different industries and can bring some different perspectives on this. So I thought it'd be fun to, to talk about. So um, the first one I wanted to talk about is what school teaches you. Um, when you're going to school, you're going there and you're basically learning a ton of different subjects. And I think the expectation that you might have for yourself is that you're going to need to know all of these different topics that you're studying all the time. So what's the what's the reality on that? Well, game? the reality is you don't know everything when you get out of school. Um, you haven't been exposed to everything in the field of civil engineering. And there's a lot that you have to learn still. Um, civil engineering coursework curriculum. Uh, whatever university you've gone to gives you a good foundation, good solid foundation, but uh, you need to expect to um, have to learn a lot of things. I'm just uh, thinking of my experience. Um, you know, when I got out of school, I uh, gravitated. I looked at, look, you know, working at design firms, but I tend to, uh, I, I went with a construction firm. In fact, it was a specialty subcontractor that I went to work for. And there was a lot of things that specialize in structural concrete. And there was a lot of things about structural concrete I had no idea about, you know, and I had to, I had to learn. So hopefully in, uh, during the, the course of, uh, uh, of your career at, uh, at school, at, in college, you've learned how to uh, learn how to teach yourself uh, new things. I think that's the big thing that you walk away with. You want to be exposed to a, a nice broad spectrum of civil engineering topics. And then, um, and then once you get in out into your field and you realize that uh, you don't know everything, why you've, you've taught yourself that you can learn new subjects, you can learn new material and, and you jump in and you try to learn, learn your field that you've decided yeah. to go into. Yeah. So I think the reality is that, you know, it's, um, you can brush up and learn other things that you need to learn. You're learning how to learn, uh, but you're probably not going to use everything that you study in school when you start diving into the career of your choice. And so that that's just the reality of it. So, um, 
you know, you end up being specialized kind of in, in the area or field that you go into. Yes. That's so absolutely that's, true. that's one of them. Um, another one I thought about is um, oftentimes when you're in school, even though you do dive into one particular subject at school, let's say that you gravitate to, uh, the truth is, like we said, that you're always going to be learning new things and you're, you're probably not going to know everything about that subject, even if that's where your focus uh, was during school. So like we said, school gives you a, a good foundation. Uh, even if you got a master's degree, let's say in structural, structural engineering, there's probably going to be some stuff that you're, you're going to be learning even when you're out there um, practicing. So uh, that's um, a guarantee. You're going to, you're definitely going to learn more when you get out there. Yeah. That's a guarantee. So maybe the, you know, the, the uh, expectation is that you're going to know, you know, your specialty and the reality is that there's, there's always going to be more to learn there in your own field. Um, we're always learning. I'm always learning too. Yeah. So well, there's, there's actually a feel that you got to get for whatever field you're in in civil engineering you got to get a feel for how things are designed in the real world right so in a classroom setting you have the luxury of you know you go through and you're solving problems and you're trying to learn concepts design concepts um but when you get out in the field um you know you're working for firms that are trying to make money and to do that they have to be as efficient as possible and so you learn how to design, uh, I would say, you know, more efficiently um, when confronted with, you know, typical parameters on a, on a project that you may be doing some design for. You learn maybe some shortcuts. You learn some, and, and not shortcuts in the way of, of not doing your due diligence and designing a project to the best of your ability and the way it's supposed to be done and, and doing, you know, all your due diligence, but you find those ways to be efficient is probably the, the better word I should I should use there. Um, and working for a firm like that, they found ways to be efficient so that they can get their design work done and then, you know, make some money after the after the job's done. That's that's yeah, the goal. You got to make that money. Yeah, got to make the money. So one of the things that maybe this rolls into that a little bit is that there's an expectation uh, of oh, I guess this kind of goes both ways, but there's an expectation of the, what you design in the office uh, might be perfect in the field. Let's say you're a brand new engineer, you're designing stuff in software, and you're thinking this is exactly how it's going to be built in the field. Um, the reality, what's the reality on that? Uh, the reality is that it's not. So <laughs> uh, I work with, um, you know, being an engineer myself, but I also work with practicing engineers and. Um, and in the field, things are not put in exactly. They don't match exactly. If we're talking about a structural model, if, you know, for an example, things in the field are not going to match that structural model exactly the way you've uh, put it into your into your computer. And then um, what what has to govern is the typical industry standards and industry tolerances. So. In my business, I work a lot with uh, ACI, American Concrete Institute type tolerances. And so as long as my crews are constructing things within the tolerances as defined by ACI, then uh, we're good to go. And 
engineers that are designing uh, projects need to understand that, you know, you can't, if, if something has been dimensioned to seven foot six exactly, you know, and, um, on a drawing out in the field, it's probably going to be seven foot five and seven eighths. You know, it's, there, there's little tolerances that are due to just constructability issues that you have to work with. And so, um, yeah, what you see on your, your nice, neat uh, Revit model is not exactly what's going to be produced out in the field, but that's okay. There's uh, Well, and I guess it also goes vice versa. Like the expectation that like what you've spec'd out and designed is, is going to be built that way by the field sometimes doesn't, doesn't happen um, as well. So, um, you know, just like you mentioned, dimensions might be off a little bit. There's some toler tolerances there, but sometimes mistakes are made too in the field and you end up trying to figure out how to make that work or get a fix. Yes. Or a solution. So what you discover is that there's like this, this symbiotic relationship that forms, right? They, they need your design so they know what they're building, but what it, it can also come all the way around full circle. You, as an engineer, you need them a lot of times to make preferable and uh, good recommendations that, you know, they like working with you because that's going to generate more work for the firm that you work with. It's going to better your reputation. If you're an engineer that designs good constructible projects, man, that gets around in, in the industry and everybody knows who you are, that you do a good job and you you design things that are constructible and um, contractors can make money with your designs because they're good designs. Um, if you start getting that kind of a reputation, boy, that just, that just dominoes, right? And then you're looking good, your rep's good, your, the firm you work for looks good. And that owner that goes out and wants a similar project, he hears about your good reputation because everybody in the construction industry is talking about you and, and uh, it can be very helpful when that kind of stuff happens. So it's kind of a symbiotic relationship, I would say. Excellent. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of good going on. So it's yeah. all good. Um, another one we kind of talked about is um, the size of projects. I think when you're in school, there might be an expectation that you might be working on something that might look like uh, another wonder of the world. And the reality of that is that you probably won't be, um, you know, right. not to say that the work you're doing isn't cool and isn't important, but it's probably not going to be, be, you know, featured on some wall in somebody's office. It's, uh, you know, not, right. that's not for everybody, but it's not going to, you know, the reality is that you're probably not going to work on the next wonder of the world is, is my thoughts there. Right. So. Right. You're not going to maybe work on the next pyramid or something. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So uh, yeah. that's just the reality of it. You're yeah. going to have a good long career, but you might not be, uh, you know, everyone goes to school and we, we go to these senior design classes and maybe you're seeing some really fancy, nice, awesome projects um, that might get you excited yeah. about things. When I was in school. I was in right before the Olympics came to Salt Lake City and when I was in my senior design um, classes, we had some guys that were coming in, you know, that are working on uh, 
Olympic venues, you know, and I thought that was really cool. Um, and I've yet to work on an Olympic venue. <laughs> well, you know what? And as I say that, I remember I did work on the Olympic oval uh, for speed skating. <laughs> so I can't say that. <laughs> you know what we're saying. But I did work on an Olympic venue. That was that was pretty cool. <laughs> but yes, we know what you're saying. Don't. Most of your projects are going to be the run of the mill, uh, typical projects. But when you've been in the business as long as I I have. I mean, I can drive, you know, downtown Salt Lake City and, and the surrounding areas. And I mean, I can point out all kinds. I worked on that one. I did that one. That's cool. It's kind of cool. So, And I do transmission work and I can do the same thing because once, you know, things get put in the ground, they're there, you know, for a long, long time. So it's always fun to see what you designed. And that's part of the beauty of being a civil engineer. But you know, yeah. don't don't expect to build the next wonder of the world. That's yeah, maybe expect happen. if you know, maybe expect to have a long career and work on a lot of projects. Maybe just build your repertoire. You know, it should be what you're looking forward to. Not maybe the big iconic projects, but the maybe next Burj the Khalifa. Yeah, maybe the number of projects is what you should be looking forward to. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, size of projects is definitely one of those. Another one I thought of is kind of is tied into working relationships and networking. Um, but there are often, um, I think there's a an expectation sometimes, especially with younger workers, that they can probably bounce around to a lot of different companies. That's just kind of maybe the mentality these days um, to move around a lot. And I think the reality of that, if you do move around a lot, is that it, it kind of uh, over time, it can affect your networking. It affects what's on your resume a little bit because when employers are looking at you as, as an employee that's going to stick around for a little bit and you have stuff on your resume that is just kind of all over the place every six months, you might have to explain that. And they might want to know if you're going to be um, with the company a little longer than that. So uh, there's a, a an expectation Maybe you might want to bounce around a lot, and there's also a reality check that maybe that's probably not the best thing for you. Yeah, what do you um, think? I, I I would agree with that. I mean, generally in, in the industry, I've I've done a lot of hiring in my career, and I've had individuals that have bounced around, and you look at their resume, and they've spent six months here and nine months there, and just what that tells me is that maybe they're just unhappy. Maybe they're not, you know, um, maybe they're not happy in the, uh, in the industry that they've chosen. Maybe they just, they lack some focus. I, you know, to me, when I see that, uh, as somebody who does a lot of hiring, it just, that that person maybe lacks some commitment, maybe lacks some perseverance. Um, doesn't matter what job you get, there's going to be some, uh, some stress that's involved with that job. There's going to be some um, adversity that's involved with that job occasionally. Um, and somebody that bounces around a lot, to me, that says maybe they are not up for those kind of things. Maybe they can't handle those things very well. So um, I don't know. It's, it's critical that you do your due diligence as somebody looking for a job, right? Research the companies that you're going to interview for and do your best to put together um, what that work environment is going to be like, what their philosophies are, what their corporate, you know, goals are, and, and make sure that those align with your personal goals as best you can, maybe before you jump in. But, 
you want to you want to spend a few years in in one location when you when you commit to work for somebody because yeah it just it doesn't look good when you're back yeah. a lot so good points there um, tying into that a little bit is uh, a starting salary as a civil engineer uh, you might be expecting uh, quite a bit of money I don't know it just kind of depends on what you think uh, <clears throat> you, you know you, you might be owed I guess but the truth is you might be starting at somewhere lower than you think you're going to be. Uh, but the point is that you got to start somewhere. And um, so a starting salary, um, you know, the reality versus what what people are expecting might not line up there. Um, but, you know, that also says a lot about uh, a person who's trying to get the job. You know, if they're expecting something that's so so far out there that it just does not make sense. They haven't done any work. They haven't proved anything. They haven't done anything. There's no way that you can command a, a starting salary that is extremely high uh, when you're starting out in this industry. So yeah. don't be surprised by that. Don't be surprised by that. I, I, I've, I've interviewed individuals that have just come out of school in different uh, positions that I've offered. And I've, I've encountered individuals like that, that, um, my goodness, you know, they want, they want a lot of money for, for me to kind of essentially take a chance on them. They don't have any track record. Um, they've got their schoolwork behind them, but that's all I know. I don't know how they're going to handle the work environment. I don't know how they're going to handle um, the workload, um, how they're going to handle certain tasks and responsibilities. I have no idea about that stuff. And so as an employer, you're kind of taking a chance on a, on a, a new hire uh, coming out of school. It's an opportunity to get somebody that you can mold and kind of steer in a good direction. Um, but you are kind of taking a chance on that. So keep that in mind as a new, um, you know, just a new graduate coming out of school that these firms are kind of taking a chance on you and you haven't proven yourself yet until you get some, some experience. Good point. Um, so salary is part of that. Another reality and expectation kind of check I wanted to bring up is raises per year. And this might depend on, on the industry that you are specifically in. But, you know, typically a normal raise is like 3% per year. And this kind of depends on the field. It depends on if you're going through COVID. It depends on what the company is going through itself. But for myself, working in the utility world, I think I've only had a full 3% like twice and everything's just been under that. So it's not like um, if you come into a, the working world, you you might be shocked a little bit that you're not always seeing a 3% raise every year. Some people get more than that. Um, it just depends probably on the field that you're in in the industry. But um, raises uh, might raise an eyebrow <laughs> is how I might say that. Yeah. So. I, I would expect the big raises to happen as you go from position to position, right? So as you move up from a, maybe an engineer and training type level, maybe you get a, you know, your PE eventually, you for sure get a bump in your, in your wage. And then maybe you take on a position as a, as a, as you know, a manager, um, project manager, a senior project manager, as you go up through the, uh, the levels there uh, in your in your company or in your firm that you might be working for, 
Those are, the big, those are the big jumps I would expect, you know, to get. Yep. Those are way bigger. The yearly raise, uh, you know, yearly, no. might be a little lower <clears throat> than you think they might right. be. Yep. That's when you move up, you know, in your stages of your career, you really will see the bigger increases. So yep. that's that's the reality of that. Um, another one I thought about is that some people come out maybe thinking their job might be stress-free. Um, that's not true. No. Not true. So every job has an element of stress to it. Um, I bet there's a spectrum, though, of careers in civil engineering that some are more stressful and some are less stressful. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe if I could, I, every job has stress, but, you know, maybe if there was a spectrum, it'd be like maybe, maybe, maybe if you're somewhere in the government world, maybe that's a little less stressful, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I and maybe construction, um, you know, maybe it's more on the higher, higher side of things. Yeah. I don't know. I what do you think about that? I would agree with that. I think, uh, of course, I think the industry I'm in is the most stressful. <laughs> construction? Can, can Management? Be. Yeah, I mean it gets it gets tough sometimes because you're managing uh, projects that are multi-million dollar projects, and so your decisions uh, dictate whether um, they're going to be profitable or not. And so um, there's a lot of things that uh, you have to look at during the course of the uh, project. A lot of things that you have to manage, not just not just the costs. Um, and uh, the actual sequencing and the logistics. Um, but you've got to manage, you know, personnel and, and make sure that you've put the right teams together. And you're basically asked to look into your crystal ball and predict the future, right? And sometimes weather affects you, COVID, you know, affects you. There's lots of things that uh, you can't predict that, that pop up and um, you have to deal with them. But um, yeah. I uh, I deal with a lot of stress during the day. I can I can definitely feel it. <laughs> well, I wonder if uh, nobody's probably ever done this before. It'd be kind of fun to see a spectrum of uh, positions. But you know, every yeah. every position has stress to it at it some does. level. It doesn't matter where you're at. But it does. Don't think that your job will be stress free. Um, let me know about it if you find one. Yeah, because I that. want it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, another one I thought of, and maybe this is the last one. I'm sure there's probably more. Um, and that is the expectation that when you first start out, you might not, you're not going to have a lot of responsibility. So you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to have to make big decisions about things. And the reality of that one is that, um, sometimes you are thrown into situations or, you know, decision-making processes that you are the guy, um, you're the yeah. responsible person. And, you know, if you design something, you're the guy that's going to have to answer those questions. You can't and that um, can be, push it that off. Can be, that can be intimidating, man. Yeah. So to think that um, that you're not going to have a lot of responsibility or that you can push decisions off on someone else is is not the reality of 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 that. So, no, don't, don't you've got to own it. And then, yeah. And if you got to dig in and figure it out, um that's what you got to do. I remember when I started my first job, they gave me a, a plaque, you know, that was on the outside of my office door. It said, Mark Okison, civil engineer. And, <laughs> uh, and I remember looking at that going, wow, okay. 
I guess uh, I got. I better it's know official. what I'm talking about. It's official now, and and it's true. I mean, there is there's there's people uh, that start working for you, working with you, that expect you to be knowledgeable about your about your craft, about your 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 career, and uh, the things that you do. And um, so um, you got to make sure you're on top of your game. I also wouldn't let that scare you. I mean, we're sharing a lot of stuff here that's reality versus expectations, but you know, you will have responsibilities, but there's also people in your workplace that want to see you succeed. So, oh yeah, uh, it's not like And it's know. it's a process cuz you're trying to build rapport and respect with your colleagues and everybody you work with. And that happens the more interaction that you have and and that's right. There's there's people that you work under that you look up to as kind of mentors. I, I I can name a few that I started with that were definitely mentors in the industry. And and they're actually the people that understand really where you're coming from. And they're more apt to lend you a helping hand and give you good direction. So, yeah, I, that's that's a good actually a good uh, good advice, Isaac, is to seek a kind of a, a mentor or uh, someone that can help you as your new, you know, someone that can take yeah, you so under their wing and teach you the ropes. Maybe that's another one, the expectation that you might be, you know, a lone wolf doing this. And the reality is, is that you can find a mentor and you can yeah. find people that can support you and help you yep. on this journey. So you will not be scary. alone. It's a little there scary, are, but you're not alone. Yep. Yeah. There's other people that are in this industry that you're going into and they're, more than willing to help you learn learn the ropes. So yep. I'm in transmission engineering. And when I started, there was a guy that was 70 years old that had come back. He was retired, came back to the company to start working because he had started his own survey business and had told me that he was better off if he would have stayed there his whole life. But, you know, things didn't work <laughs> out as they did. So he was back there working for a little bit. But he's the one that really showed me how to get, you know, going in the transmission world. And it was really valuable to have someone there to, you could ask questions to and bug and, yeah. you know, all that stuff. So yep. Yep. anyway. It's important. All right, man. Is there any others that you can think of or anything else you want to hit? No, I just, uh, it's it, the civil engineering is an exciting field to be into. I, I just, I'm amazed, uh, all the time when you think of somebody with a civil engineering degree and the, the career possibilities that that person has at their feet. Um, I mean, it's really amazing. There's just so many things you can do with that degree. Um, that it is, it is, it is pretty amazing. Yeah. If you're just starting out, I think you just don't know what you don't know yet. And you're probably got blinders on, on just getting a job and starting. But once you get into an industry and you start working, your eyes kind of open up to what's out there and knowing where you could go if you wanted to and what, you know, what's available to you. And there's just a lot of places you could head. Yeah. Um, it's it's not necessarily just civil engineering. So if your expectation, that's another one. Um, maybe your expectation is that you're going to be a civil engineer for the rest of your life. And that's just not true. Like you're going to be an engineer for a while, but you can move into management, project management, ownership. I mean, all the way up the ladder and that you start getting away from engineering a little bit more and yeah. into managing people. 
Oh yeah. I know people that get into developing and property management. I mean, there's, there's just, it's amazing when you think about it, the different areas that you can, you can go into. And like yeah. you're saying, you don't even know what's available until you start going in a certain direction. And then you realize how big the civil engineering world is. Your career options are just, they're, they're numberless. I mean, it's crazy how much, how many options you got. It's a good, good field to get into. So Absolutely. But, uh, if you're joining us, stick with it. You can get there. Anyway, thanks, Mark, for joining. Yep. Go Jazz. And, Go Jazz. Uh, you know, hope everybody has a great day. Okay. Thanks. Okay, guys. See you guys. Yeah.